Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be, and welcome to Star Wars um, Legacy of the Force. And I completely fucked up the intro, so if you don't mind um, actually getting it to stop. And uh, no, you're, say you're saying don't stop. You're do it, saying do it, keep going. You're, you're, going. Say you're saying don't stop. Oh, thank you so much for that. Okay, let me see if I could do this properly. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be, and welcome to Final Cut Presents clam jammers podcast presents star wars legacy of the force episode two this is the show of shows where miri and myself nathan or trapdoor crowdsworth depending on which medium you're watching this on go through our thoughts of uh every movie in the star wars skywalker saga all nine episodes no rogue one sadly no han solo thank christ um and uh, figure out whether or not we actually uh, still enjoy them, whether or not they hold up, and whether or not our preconceived notions of when we were children, which of course children's minds are all very uh, malleable and very great, whether they've changed in the many, many years since age has took our natural optimism and beauty. I am joined, of course, by the one, the only, the greatest witch in the history of the world. Not to mention, oh my god, the most seductive. Look at all of the men, women, and various objects she has boned. I cannot believe I am here in this presence. I am not worthy. I am not worthy. I bow to your feet, Miss Miri Witch. Woohoo! All right, so this is episode two. Are you excited? I, you know, you know what, you know what? No, I wasn't before I watched it. <laughs> um, but no, no, <laughs> no. Spoiler alert: Attack of the Clones is a lot better than I remember it being. Well, that okay. Well, before we get to that, yeah. So we're doing something a little different. I have a timer. Oh, yes, um, yeah. And I've actually, it was going to be 30 seconds. I'm setting it to 45 seconds, which oh, is the, minim Christ. the minimum amount of time you are supposed to hold a stretch. So we're we're helping people be healthy as they listen to this podcast. But but I don't want to be healthy. I'm sitting here in a chair. No, and no, no. You're, 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 you're asking me to stretch <laughs> while I do people, this? The other oh, people listening, oh. not us. Okay, the okay, people listening. Thank, thank God, couch potatoes forever. <laughs> yeah, um, so I'm gonna do my 45 and try and get what I remember the movie being. And keep in mind, everybody, we wrote these down before we watched it, so. Yep, yeah, we always um, do. So here we go. I got my 45 seconds up, starting the timer. So Attack of the Clones, I, in bold, I have Lucas cannot write a, love story worth his salt and unfortunately that is what this movie was hinging on outside of the clone wars which we didn't really get to see anything of but hey clone wars series happened so Whee! there's that we won't um, get to reveal that <laughs> i want to note that empire was directed by somebody else who allowed for some improvisation by the actors which is probably why that love story was way better and the strongest of the nine um not sure if it's better to have jar jar be a sith or not uh queen Amidala, i kind of remember being a little bit disappointed with um what they gave her it felt like they gave her less this is where things get more political focused there's a way to do that and make it compelling and then there's how it was done in this movie uh and that's it 45 seconds Woo! all right are you ready to take on the 45 seconds dear god no okay get but ready. i'm gonna do it anyway Okay, breathe. 
freeze. And we go three, two, one, go. So I remember this movie doing a lot of things right. Mace Windu, I thought was a badass. The clone army uh, versus the droid army and the droidicas. Uh, Yoda Dooku looked impressive, uh, but uh, the performance uh, bar two uh, drags this whole movie down, which is Christopher Lee as Dooku and Ian McDermott as Palpatine. Um, they're as just they're as much fun as you can get. Um, but I found Ian McGregor still being green and Hayden Christensen. Oh my God. No, 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 no. I'm at best is still getting better um, direction. Uh, and thank God Jar Jar is nowhere near in this film. Um, you know, the we've seen much better movies. Hayden is totally winning and Natalie's best scene, if I remember correctly, is with Jar Jar Binks. Uh, so all this could be forgiven if this wasn't uh, so boring. You've been timed. Sitting- <laughs> Needless to say, I remember episode two being a lot, um, (laughs) being a lot worse than it actually was. Oh, we're going to get to that. All right. All right. All right. So let's. At the end of this, and I'm trusting you to remind me, I have one of Miri's random theories that would make this more entertaining. However, would make no sense, but I want to do it at the end. Okay. Okay. All right, That's all right, what we're doing. Right. So, little note: Nathan emphatically did not like how the love story was done, and to avoid oh. his pain, what oh, we decided God. to oh, do God. was he's going to say w- how it went wrong for him and everybody else, and then I, and everybody else, and everybody I'm, else. Glad, I'm glad you, I'm glad you put that disclaimer in there. Yeah, no, 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 no. You guys are entitled to your own opinions, of course, but Mary likes to reserve the right to generalize everything. And um, yeah, she's she's totally right. I've not seen anybody who likes the love story to attack with the clubs. So I took on because um, if you don't know it, I have write a lot of romance and specifically erotica. <laughs> I write that. And if you heard, if you heard Crabsworth in Hallmark, you know that I'm big on, if we're going to do this, we're going to fucking do this. And if you know Crabsworth from my wonderful Dick Cheese duo, you know that when I want to do it weird, I'm going to do it weird, but I'm also going to make you invested. So I decided based on Uh, that. I do, I do, I do one voiceover for you and you say that I've invested. No, I was just, I was just shooting this shit. <laughs> but you got a fan from that. Like they were invested. I know. I they know. were invested. Ha! Oh, shout out to the fan. I live. <laughs> so because of that, because I guess I'm I'm the most qualified between the two. Oh, big of time! Us. Oh, big time! Qualified. Big time! Big time! Big time! Yeah. You know, both both in, both in writing and in life. <laughs> so I basically decided to be like, okay. What were they trying to do with this love story? And how could it have been done better? And part of that is intrinsically tied into Anakin. So just so you know, that's how we're tackling the love story aspect of it, because it is it is a big part of the Anakin story. Nathan's going to be doing the whole, this is what it looks like. This is awful. And then I'm going to be like, so this is what they were trying to do. And this is why I think it failed. So those are our differing perspectives that we're going to take with that. But without further ado, the movie opens with what I oh, think is God. the 
best oh, acting they allow Natalie Portman to do because it is completely silent and it's her reaction to, I believe it's Corday, who gets e- blown up yes. instead of her. Yeah. And so already, is- first of all, we're starting this movie off on a much higher note than Phantom Menace. We're not starting it off with boring democratic stuff for an hour. What, what, what a shock, what a shock. You start off with an assassination attempt and it hooks your audience better? What are, what are the odds? That's a shocker. I'm oh shocked. Oh my God. I was not expecting to be more invested in it with that explosion. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, 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 no exactly. So Portman comes out, she's she's silent, you know, um, curious all of a sudden, big blow up happens and you found out that uh, Queen Amidala is still as smart as in Phantom Menace. Unfortunately, it costs her yet another one of her lovely decoys, which grew to be one of her handmaidens. And yeah, but there's this just, really nice shot and moment yeah. with Portman where you can feel that, but also when she realizes, I have to keep going on. Yep. Like, I have to be stoic. I have to, I have a job to do. Um, but then that leads us into the fact that I kind of like arrogant Obi Wan. I I think he's more. You kind of like you kind of like arrogant Obi. He's okay, fun. So I just don't want to say. I, 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 I'll, I'll give I'll give you the arrogant Obi Obi Wan is fun. I love the banter between him and Anakin. Um, spoiler alert for those who look at the sequel trilogy of things. From what I remember, I love any time Star Wars characters act like an old married couple. And uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan, their first uh, real interaction where Anakin uh, is total creepo, crazy uncle, we can't invite over any more territory about Padme. Obi-Wan completely shuts him down. And he is doing that the entire movie. Um, Just completely shutting down Anakin for for you could argue his betterment but you can also see anakin's point of view that obi-wan is suppressing him and that his powers have grown um but obi-wan is also i, I don't i don't know how to put it but i think arrogance the best way to do it yeah he's but, he's fun like but then, he, but he's then again fully grown he's fully blossomed he's like i'm not gonna hide the fact that i'm smart uh, i'm not gonna hide the fact i'm good at this but going on your your uh, banter thing the chase scene that they have oh, yeah. has some of okay. like I hate when you do this. I like okay, why so, you have to so do before, that again. <laughs> so before you go, so before we go and do that, let me let me just say because you have your crazy theories, I have mine. I actually don't think Obi Wan's arrogance is out of character for all of the freaking Jedi, especially in this movie. Oh, the, fir- the oh, first the first real so instance that. Yeah, the first real instance that um, Padme has with uh, any sort of interaction in this movie that isn't R2-D2. Let me see if I can find it here. Um, First of all, Mace Windu, um, she asked Mace Windu what the heck is going on. Um, And Mace Windu says uh, that they're disgruntled space miners who, uh, and um, you know, who do not want to see something get ratified war weapons get ratified which doesn't make any sense um but then um when pod may suggest quite rightly there is this new evil force in the universe that would probably like to 
stop these things. Kaadi Mundi is a dickhead to Padme, you know, she suggests Dooku and he says, you know, keep in mind he's an assassination uh, attempt. And um, well, Kaadi Mundi basically says no. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, dude, she just had an assassination attempt on her life. Like not a half an hour ago. You all know this. Why are you mansplaining things to her? You don't know her at all. Uh, and number two, more importantly, Mace Windu is an even bigger dick to Padme um, because he says that um, the the Jedi could not a Jedi could not possibly assassinate anyone. But yet, Mace Windu um, Mace Windu has the history. You know, he knows at this point that the Sith and the dark side exist. Um, Yoda has just had a talk with Palpatine saying that the dark side is clouding his judgment. You know, Jedi can do anything. Um, this is a um, new segment I'm going to to uh, say uh, for the next two movies. It's called uh, Windu Should Be Expelled. And um, this is this is this is one of the first instances of that because you know I remember liking Mace Windu as a kid because Samuel L. Jackson total badass. No, if you look at Mace Windu, he is honestly one of the worst Jedi in the history of Jedi. And what I what I think they're doing with him is to try and show because this is about it's not just about the rise of Anakin, Anakin becoming Darth Vader, and the rise of the Empire. It's also about the downfall of the Jedi, and that often not happens through folly and arrogance like everything you're saying is like yeah. it's it's a we've we've heard it even today oh, yeah. it's a brush up those are the crazy people those yep. are the crazy people and that's that's what i think it is now that being said they kind of piled that all into the one character of mace windu instead of spreading it round a bit <laughs> which is no no you said you said we got arrogant obi but yeah but in a fun way <laughs> like he still goes out and investigates and does his job and we mentioned the chase scene oh yeah mace windu totally avoids work by the way there, yeah there that's is, what i mean so like there, that, there, other than genosis what the hell has he done to this point i know well and that's that's actually going to feed into my thing like, about anakin because if you notice none of the Je none of the full jedi are willing to take in any new information, any new advice, for better or worse. And that's a problem. And Anakin's correct when he's just like, you you guys are missing the point. Like that that's his ultimate thing is like you are missing the entire point and I can't listen to this anymore. Whereas when you look at Palpatine, he listens to Padme. He explains his reasoning to Anakin to a point, like he's manipulative, but he does it way more than the other than any of the other characters. So that and that that's how Wait, um, so th that's how analytical I'm gonna get because otherwise you're going you're going asleep. to defend the Sith Lord, eh, everybody? <laughs> I'm defending the, the Sith Lord. The witch is defending the Sith. What a surprise! <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to keep you on your toes. <laughs> well, I don't understand how this is going to keep me on my toes, though. That's the thing. No, I know, because you're just like, yeah, you're right. The, the Jedi are super well, arrogant. The, well, re hey, re re remember my old Jedi or scum count? Yeah, that, that really picks up here. But let's yeah. get back to the fun stuff. There are some oh, awesome, the there's an awesome scene. chase scene. It is yeah. fun. 
It is fun. It is necessary. You understand Obi and Anakin's relationship to a T. Oh, absolutely. And like, it's my personal favorite part is when Obi is like, shortcut like basically shortcut my so, ass you've lost him blah 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 and then Anakin just drops force jump Anakin it was just such a good moment for me <laughs> so well what what's I really like the point after it where um you know not only has Anakin found the assassin which was probably his plan all along it was stupid as hell it was reckless but by God did it work and, um, you know, they chase him into a bar. Obi takes the time to give Anakin his lightsaber back and scold him and protect this with your life. Yeah, I'll try, Master. Uh, uh, okay, Master. Do you, did, did you not just see the brilliance of my brilliant plan, Master? Uh, okay, Master. All right, now you chase it down. All right, all right. where are you going to go, Master? I'm, I'm going to go get a drink. <laughs> well, just, why, why are you going to be... Uh, uh, seriously it's a the, good moment and we actually oh get God. to know the characters it's, yeah I know character building what a surprise other than Qui-Gon Jinn in Phantom Menace we didn't really see a lot of this and my god we needed to it was sorely missed um, the the other thing I have here in my notes um, do you remember in the bar there are um, you know just various sports being played I want to know why the droid football was never made into a video game or some sort of mini game or some sort of tie-in. That thing looks fun as hell. You and your video games. Hey, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Star Wars is the king of merchandise and they missed an opportunity. This is true. They did. Um, They did. But that that being said, um, as you say, the chase scene is really, really good. Just just everything around it, even how crowded it is, even the first person view of the camera, which wasn't used all that much, especially in a Star Wars movie before. And it just felt so fresh and so new. And why the hell did they have to go away from that tone? That tone was great. No, it was... It was fun. So after this, we get to a point where everybody separates to do their own thing. And should we tackle the love story now? Um, uh, so first of all, I want to uh, I want to throw another uh, Jedi are stupid, Jedi are scum moment and just how they assign. <laughs> Gotta keep that it, count going. It, 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 it just how they assign this. Um, so let me let me see if I can find it. Um, so at this oh, point. Oh shoot! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have to mention one other thing. Uh, 22 minutes 56 seconds in, and I did timestamp this because this is the only thing I care about. <laughs> it is the best damn scene in the in the bar. The Death Sticks guy. <laughs> I love the Death Sticks guy. I always have loved the Death Sticks guy. <laughs> you go, Death Sticks guy. You go. Hey, you want to buy some Death Sticks? You do not wish to sell me your Death Sticks. I don't want to sell you these Death Sticks. You'll go home and rethink your life. I'll go home and rethink my life. You know what? I, I quite don't want to see it. It would have been nice to have like an after credits th- thing where it's like a guy 20 years later where he turned his life around. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> that would have been really nice. Well, listen, listen, I was once like you. I was selling death sticks trying to make a buck. Now I'm the I'm the provider of the third richest used droid and pour him behind Watto. Hey, Watto's back! Ha ha ha! Um, oh okay, so back back on topic. Back because, to this. You know, so they, you, they you have know, to we're split serious. up. I've, I've got a, I've got a few questions. Um, just just humor me for a minute here. Um, so why put a young Padawan who one of you at this point doesn't trust with your most important important clientele, a Padawan who you know is difficult to control, uh, because uh, one of you boobs because none of you boobs t- trusted him in the first place. A Padawan who is known to have feelings for her. Seriously, you can sense him with a Mack truck to the point where Obi-Wan has to console him in the freaking elevator. Oh God, oh God. Um, Let's see what else is there. Oh, I do want to do a oh. side note that so, there was a scene that was cut, which was of Obi talking to Padme about Anakin. And essentially being like, I know what's going on. Because I think it must have happened later in the movie. I'm not sure. I know what's going on. You guys got to be careful type thing. So I don't I don't know if that would have added or taken away. I'm I'm not sure about that either. That's probably why it would have been cut. Um, so and most importantly. Windu. This is this is specially reserved for you, buddy, because right here, buddy, I, I best decision you could have made. So Yoda already has reservations about trusting Palpatine. Yep. Windu decides, okay, I'm going to put the most volatile member of the Jedi Order and the clientele who, by the way, I don't trust him having this assignment at all in the hands of the Chancellor who the Grand Master of the Jedi already doesn't trust. Already but, but, suspects. But, 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 but. Stupid Windu. But, 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 but. What's this about but, butts? Okay, we don't get butts until episode but, eight. But, Lucas needed to get the two characters together. Does it matter? Like, like, come on, you basically, I, I i can't believe I'm saying this. You are basically just doing your job to kill Windu for anyone who is watching other than, oh, Samuel Jackson. He's got a purple lightsaber. That's cool. I, I, so I agree better. with you. It's, it, it's lazy writing. Like Padme doesn't even want to, to leave for her safety because no, she mean, is the one rallying everybody not to allow there to be an emperor. Yeah, basically. exactly. And so it's it's completely playing oh. into the hand. Even if you didn't think somebody was behind the assassination attempt, it's completely playing into the hands of the assassination people. Like you're, you, you've played into it now. As long as she's not there to vote, you've won. Yeah, exactly. And what does she do? Even an even stupider decision. I'm sorry. A much stupider decision. Uh, Okay, I I defended Jar Jar Binks in episode one, and I will still defend his animation here. Um, but why did she leave him in charge? Exactly. (laughs) Why? I don't know. I don't really? understand. 
Like, like seriously. Okay, okay, okay. I get that Jar Jar is your friend. You know, I, I, I get that you like him. But the only, the only way this works is if Jar Jar is a Sith Lord. Who is constantly, like, it's not even a mind trick at this point. It's a mind rape. Like, poor Padme. A mind rape of Padme Amidala to put him in charge. Because no logical boat in your body should put Jar Jar Binks in charge of anything. And while I agree, this, and we're going to go back because I keep harping on the lazy storytelling. Why was that done? It was done because, oh, we need this to happen. Yeah. Like, like there, the, there, if, if you a- wanted it to make sense to me, find a reason for Padme not to have even landed on the planet. Even, like, even have Jar Jar save her life or something. Uh, or to- here, here's the thing. They keep stopping anybody from leaving the planet. Padme can't get out. The only legal, the only representative they can send is a representative of the um, of Jar Jar's people. And of yeah, course, Jar, yeah, and of course, Jar Jar's people have voted him. So, oh, he's got to be there because Padme, for assassination, I don't know whatever reasons, can't even get off Naboo. Like. That's the only way it kind of make it kind of makes sense. Ah, oh, but then you couldn't have Anakin and Padme go to the sad people of Tatooine. Ah, yeah. We'll get to that. Don't you worry. So they separate Padme and Anakin. Don't know why they put Anakin in charge when every <sighs> every step of the way they don't trust him. But they're like, OK, fine. Yeah, no, for plot, I, for plot, we're going to send these two back to Naboo and Obi-Wan is going to go to this missing planet place. OK, can I just say but before we go too far? Obi-Wan going to the missing planet, but like Obi-Wan going to try to find Kamino, the way he goes about learning about Kamino is freaking awesome. I'm, oh, I'm yeah, sorry. No, it I is. fully it, agree with that. Like, like, he pushes, every, like, I'm like, you know what? I wasn't expecting this kind of angle for Obi-Wan, but it works so bloody well. He pushes every underground connection he has. Oh, he yeah. goes into a 50 style diner to talk with the chef. Because he's the most seedy, underhanded guy. It's brilliant. It's full. It's full. Um, uh, film noir. Like the, yeah. it's it's a full film noir thing. It's great. It's fantastic. That and the opening chase scene. I wanted more of that. One more yeah. of that. That was that was fun. But we got to go to the elephant in the room. We, the, and the elephant is on Naboo no, in the lake country. No, no, no. Yes, we got to go there. No. Now, one positive is they did put us in a landscape that wasn't the Windows save screen. Okay. Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh. well, well, there you go. That's your positive. There. All right. Take, so take Nathan. your positive. Before I uh, dig down and try to figure out what they were going to do with this love story, you're going to tell us what this love story comes off as. I I am of the full belief, just so you guys know, that Jake Portman, or sorry, not Jake Portman, Jake Lloyd and Natalie Portman, hell, 
Actually, if they had kept Jake Lloyd throughout all the movies, it would be Jake Portman, let's be honest. Uh, Jake Lloyd and Natalie Portman um, have better chemistry than Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman because whenever Jake Lloyd shamelessly hits on Padme, it comes up as small child hitting on older woman who has no chance in the world. I, like that that is commonly understood to every level of your audience S- small child hitting on Padme it's even in Weird Al's song do you see him hitting on the queen though she's just nine and though he's just nine and she's 14 it, it's 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 common knowledge it's there it's not good it is it is far from conventionally good or conventionally okay but it is a hell of a lot better than Hayden Christensen who anytime he hits on Padme particularly in the first hour and a half of the movie um, that comes off as crazy uncle we can't have over anymore like I, I can't even I can't even tell you how many times both of my original notes and these ones, I think it's a grand total of eight. I've had several instances where I've wrote, I've written in my notes, either Padme or Natalie blink twice. If you need the cops like this. So the whole, the whole thing is just so forced and Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman, I believe they're, good actors i know natalie portman is um but they were giving such terrible direction with the cheesiest hokiest lines you could possibly imagine i would i would much rather dream about padme than my mother when i think about padme it's intoxicating um you annie you've grown up Ah, so have you. Grown more beautiful, I mean. Uh, and that was probably like, the least cringy of all the lines. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't, I, I can't say the cringier ones. I can't. No, don't. And um, and a lot of that cringe has to do with the fact that I think he was given the direction to like look passionately at her, look like you want her except because he also has the direction with his character of trying to suppress uncontrolled emotions. It comes off as very like, I'm going to rip your clothes off and rape you. Like, it's just... I want to get you in my bed. Yeah, like, it it doesn't come off very well or welcoming or anything like that. It it comes off as a bit nerve-wracking. I think they were trying to go for um, the... I believe it's Elizabeth Ale version of uh, Pride and Prejudice, where Colin Firth, he periodically has to stare at her from across the room, right? And you can see that he wants her. He genuinely wants her, but you don't feel afraid for her. It's, It's just he wants her and he can't. They're in a crowded room. There's propriety. There's all these rules. He can't say it. And, but you never feel that it's unwelcome and you never feel that it's she's in danger whereas but with Anakin the direction all comes you off feel is, yeah I'm like all you feel I'm like is she gonna be okay 
she gonna be okay? Like it does, it does, it comes off as a, there's a bit of a like, I I want a word before you get to rapey. I want, I want like the step before rapey. Because I feel when you're getting into rapey, he would already be backing her into a wall. So (laughs) I, I, I've always hated sand. I will admit, though, good on Hayden Christensen. He's just made that his thing now, because anytime he shows up at a convention, people ask him what he thinks about sand. And so he, he's made it his thing, talking about sand. So, so good for him for making that a joke. But do you have anything else to say on the love story before I try and explain what they wanted to do? I, I think I would be much more happy interrupting you when you say how much how, what they were trying to do because literally literally the best scene that they have in the entire <laughs> love story thing it, it isn't when they get married it isn't when they make out in the field it isn't you know it isn't Anakin trying to show off tricks on his lightsaber no 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 if it were Jake Lloyd it would come off better but no it just I can't. I cannot stand this love story. the The best part of this love story was when they walked off as refugees, and Anakin saying, "Don't worry, we've got R two with us." That was cute. But, yeah, I'm not the, gonna the, lie. That, that was yeah. Cute. That, is, that is the best part of this. So, um, in case you guys don't know, R two D two is the real MVP of this entire um, like this entire saga. Okay, when not even Darth Vader can bring himself to kill him. Or sees him who as anything would, other who than you. Kill that face. Yeah, yeah. Like, come on. Exactly. Darth Vader can't kill him. Vader sees him as nothing but useful. The Sith see him as nothing but useful, and he remains unharmed. Who would so, harm R two? You know what? I'm gonna say it right now. If anybody out there would harm R two, you don't deserve to be a human. You don't deserve to be she's anything. Got <laughs> she's got a point. Okay, you want me to tell you what I think they were trying to do? Yes, please. Okay. So. No! <laughs> Sorry, first, I was just getting first ready. big thing, I agree with you. It suffers from incredibly bad direction and, and bad writing. <sighs> now, that being said, everything that he says to Padme is actually a trope. It's all stuff that's been taken from poetry, from sonnets. That doesn't mean that it's list- good, though. No, listen to me. I'm I, fine. Let me I'm trying. Other movies, other plays. The problem is it's been distilled and simplified down, having context taken away from it, having reasonable direction taken away from it. Visually speaking, when you look at the blocking of the scenes when they're together, when you look at how it's filmed, there's nothing telling you these two characters are in love except for the music shout out to john williams he was atlas in this entire movie his back must have broken from carrying the emotional weight because nothing else gives you the vibe that they are in love if you take away the score you have nothing that tells you that they're in love so absolutely that it suffers immensely from that from not having any other cues now so if you if you don't mind i'll jump in on that point yeah um so i believe that um john williams and the london symphony orchestra throughout this entire thing 
Um, we're saying, and I quote, <clears throat> sorry, I, um, F you, George, just F you, F you and everything you effing stand for. Do you know how many sleepless nights I'm going to have? Uh, based on, um, the blocking itself and based off of the Anakin Padme love scene itself, I'm going to say John Williams himself had at least 26 sleepless nights. 23 that were devoted to Christensen and Portman, uh, two to Christensen and the actress who plays his mother, and one sleepless night to cover the weight of the movies. It, it is that <laughs> he, bad. He is carrying the music is carrying all of the emotional weight because there's there is nothing helpful in the script and there is nothing helpful in the direction there's nothing helpful in the blocking and there's nothing helpful in the editing so it's it's a lot to put on that music let me tell you that is a lot <laughs> a lot well, the the love the love theme I have here, um, John Williams in his notes saying, all right, all right, all right. I know we're all tired, but on your break, I need you to think of more ways to say F you, George. Got it? They come back, they record across the stars, um, and Williams says, hot damn, you must have really hated the guy. Uh, the people say, we want to kick his animals and take a crap on his grave, sir. <laughs> Yeah, like and it's, that's how and that's how you got across the stars. Anakin and Padme's love theme. Who knows? Who knows? I hope that's how it happened. I really I do too. I'm so, sure that's how it happened. So, I agree with you. Well, all of it was lifted. It was so simplified and so taken out of context. The word, the verbiage, doesn't work. I also feel that what we're looking at here is almost a blueprint for all problematic um love stories especially when you get into web manga and stuff like that that's a very popular version of romance and erotica right now um and it's mostly because they're using a trope which is we have the stoic man who needs to learn to use his emotions and we have the woman over here who she needs to learn to relax and bring out those emotions in the dude. She it's need, very tropey. She needs to learn to use her head is more like it. Yeah, but it's it's very tropey and well, it's very superficial. Um, he openly but, says he wants a dictatorship in this movie. She is a diplomatic senator. Yeah. That's not a I'm red gonna flag. explain that. That's I'm gonna explain flag. it. Cause it's, it's, you have to understand. I really tried on this, Nathan. I really so, so, tried. So I'm you're really, femsplaining I mean, it to me. You are femsplaining it to me. I'm I'm femsplaining. Actually, it's not even femsplaining. It's rosplaining. I'm romance splaining to you. It's I'll not count, well. I, I, I am going to say this. It is not well done. I completely agree. It is not well done. Um, I I had to dig. I had to dig deep for this flag. Such a charm. I know it's not good. So. When we get into that, we there's a theme with Anakin. There's a theme with Anakin. He has, for the last 10 years, been told to suppress his emotions. Suppress, suppress, suppress. And you're seeing the problem now with it bubbling over. He, Because as we all know, it is not good to suppress your feelings. You need to actually work through them in order to grow as a human being. Anyway. Or, or <laughs> suppress 
Suppress leads to stoicism. Stoicism leads to the light. <laughs> That's Captain Salty. <laughs> oh, actually, it's me, Captain Salty. And might I say that the Anakin Padme story is much better than the story of me on the seven seas trying to find love. Let me tell you, I got close with a catfish once. <laughs> so what we end up with is there's several lines said to Annie, like, learn your place. That's that's specifically said to Anakin. Yeah. So here's the thing. He never wanted to be a slave. He never wanted to be under somebody's boot. So what? all of this emotional- I treated Annie with so much respect. Ah. Yeah. yeah, but that, am I right? He resents having yeah. to just follow somebody because you can even tell him when he says master there there's a note of him trying not to be full of rage so the problem becomes is when you're telling you're constantly suppressing him he doesn't know how to process his emotions he hasn't been allowed to process his emotions and he has a lot of hate and resentment building that again he isn't only not allowed to process he's not allowed to express it that goes along with the love story with padme now why is he in love with padme it starts as a boyhood crush, but it becomes something where she is the first person who is okay with him, unfiltered, saying his emotions and saying his thoughts. She's the first person who tries to help him process this, leading into an obsessive love, which is a constant trope of unhealthy love stories. And uh, we can get into toxic masculinity if you want to, Nathan. I don't think we do. But, you know, the toxic masculinity aspect of I am this and I will never express my emotions because that's too girly. So you've got all this stuff going on, which I'm sure somebody's written a dissertation on and we're not going to. OK, go I'm, go, I'm, go, I'm going to be honest with you, Mary, honestly. If Hayden Christensen just broke out as Anakin and say, Padme, let's go get some shoes. It would make a much more compelling Anakin. I'm so, it would. I'm so, yeah. It would. So here's the big thing. So we're following the trope. We're going under the superficial thing. Annie is in love with Padme because he can be weak in front of her. He can express his emotions in front of her. Now the big question, why does Padme love Anakin? And this has to do with a lot of the unspoken stuff Natalie Portman is allowed to do, a lot of the looks and things. And it also has to do with the opening of that movie. So somebody dies for her at the opening. She is emotionally affected for all of a second. And then she has to go right back into ambassador diplomat mode. She has to be, she's instantly the one, the one Senator who is like, no, we can't have this be a dictatorship. She doesn't get to not be perfect. Anakin doesn't ask her to be perfect. Anakin asks her to just be herself. That is the second half of our tropey love story here. So the idea being he, they both in the end can be themselves with each other. Was this executed well? Not at all, for all of the reasons Nathan stated. The dialogue he doesn't help you. He wants a dictatorship. She yeah. is a senator. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I know. That, that I know. in itself, that in itself is a giant red flag pot they leave. That's a mention, all the looks he gives, like, oh my God, I no. Know. Okay, Padme, I, 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 know, I know that eventually, you know, you two do get pregnant. Like, that's the whole reason that we have the good part of the Skywalker saga. But, but seriously, how many times did he push you to a wall? I genuinely want to know. He got his uh, force choking off somewhere. Yeah. Hey, are you kink shaming right now? <laughs> no. I am force shaming right now. There's so, a big difference. So that's what I think they were trying to do. They did not execute it well. And it is it, there is a fine line between silently trying to express that you love somebody and not being very good at it and unhealthy obsession and they went over to unhealthy obsession it's a very forced love story there's kind of no reason for them to get together however however I will say something one good thing to come out of this movie was the Clone Wars series and in the Clone Wars series, they actually... Which, by the way, we can't talk about. No, we can't. But on a side note, they actually gave Padme and Anakin's relationship a base. They actually fleshed out Anakin's character so you understand why he acts that way. You understand what's going on there. But they don't do that in this movie. And because they actually it, had writers and directors who knew what they were doing in the yeah. Clone Wars. And the- but that's a side note. In this movie, they do not do that. And you get saddled with a lot of just, I'm seeing the superficial thing. I kind of get why they're together, but I don't understand it. I don't understand it at all. I, 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 don't, I don't get why they're together at all. Like, there, there is one scene that I really, really like and had it have been taken in a sense of uh, Padme considering to resign her post as senator or Padme, the more appropriate approach is thieving. Like, really? The, the, like, there's the door is um, when they're looking at, you know, their visions of the future for the Republic. Anakin, because of his viewpoints and because he was always told to suppress, 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 he wants a sort of freedom that can only be provided with a dictatorship. And you know what? That's a great bouncing off point. Because remember, this trilogy was supposed to be about Anakin. So let's talk about Anakin in this movie. And I do want to say something about Hayden Christensen performance in this. He's green. George Lucas wanted relative unknowns. And let's be honest here, unless you are already in the A-list, you are an unknown when you're coming into this movie. So I'm just going to say Hayden Christensen was an unknown. Remember, this is all green box acting, which at the time was very new. Very, very new. So for a green actor with not good direction coming in and doing that, I struggle to think if they could have found somebody in that time period who was unknown, who would have been able to handle the circumstances better. And 
for that, I have to give a shout out. I can't remember her name, but she's a casting director who gets used for all of the Star Wars series that are coming out now. And she's used a lot in Disney. I think she found Tom Holland as well. Wait a second. Um, you know who sure. I'm talking about. I might know her. Um, she's did, a, you do a lot, did you do a lot of uh, DC stuff too? I can't remember. But in any sense, I feel short of having somebody like her, you wouldn't have been able to find someone who had no experience at this level of, um, of uh, filming in terms of just the following like i struggle to think of who you could have found i also was thinking about the time period and if they picked a known actor would they have done well and i just because of my age at the time i struggled to think of somebody there too who was like on the a-list at the time in the age range who was known who could have done a better job i don't know if you can think of anybody um, I know there had to have been some people, but remember the, our like, ages, like there right? Ha- there has to be. There, yeah. there had to have been. Oh, but I have. A, a l- I have two alternate uh, castings because I know at this point we need a bit of a, a levity break. So, would you like to hear alternative casting for Anakin? No. <laughs> Come on. But I know I'm going to anyway. What, so this is what I got to do for Nathan before we dive into um, what happens on Tatooine with Anakin. <laughs> and then when we're done with that, we're going to go back over to Obi-Wan. So before we dive in. Why? Why? Before we dive into Tatooine, Neri's alternative casting to see if Nathan can handle it. So are you ready? No, but the, I, I, I'm not ready for anything in this okay. movie. So two, I have two picks, all right? And I just want to get your reaction. It's not because I think they're good. It's because I think it's entertaining for me. Okay. Anakin, played by Leonardo DiCaprio. You know what? Actually, (laughs) actually, I might be able to get behind that. Oh wow! You think my crazy idea is okay? Well, I don't. This I don't. Mind, I I don't mind. I I honestly don't mind Leo DiCaprio. And let me. I'm actually going to check his age right now. Why don't you tell me your other casting choice? Okay. Well, no. I want your unfiltered reaction when I tell you the other but, one. Like legit. Let me see. So DiCaprio in 2002 would have been a bit old, but not too too bad. All right, you ready for the he next one? He would have been 28. He could have, he could have pulled it off. Honestly, he could have pulled it off. Well, he didn't really start showing his age till around 35. Yeah, so like, he could have pulled it off. He um, legitimately could have pulled it off. He would have been a heck of a lot less green than Christensen. Yep. That's which, the thing. I don't want to say Christensen's a bad actor based on this performance because he was no. so green. He was so green. No, no. What 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 I'm what I'm saying is. Christensen was bad in this movie. Yeah. Christensen is not a bad actor. Um, so George Lucas is a bad director. Sorry. Are you ready for a casting choice okay. number two? Okay. Ready? Yeah. Anakin, played by Toby Maguire. Oh my god! <laughs> and he is a year younger than Leonardo DiCaprio. 
There you go. Hey, there, there you go. Now that is a great. Parker, bring me pictures of Spider-Man. Well, okay, Jonah, but I hate sand. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my what, god. Oh my god. Oh my what, god. What? 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 Uh, what's the actor's name who played Jonah? Fuck. Oh, J.K. Simmons. Okay, J.K. Sims as Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> But it only works with Toby Maguire as Anakin. <laughs> yeah. Now, Parker, fulfill your destiny and join your place at my side. Kill your father. My father's dead, Jonah. <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell are you? I am his uncle. <laughs> All right, then kill your uncle again and take your place at my side. Well, I can't do that, Jonah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so great, great. In a, parallel universe, in a parallel universe, that movie happened. I want you to think about that. Now, now I want. Now I want to do um, a Star Wars project where everything is replaced. Like, like all of Palpatine is replaced by J. Jonah James. That'd be great. Oh, see. My choices make no sense, but you're entertained. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Leo DiCaprio actually is not a bad choice. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. All right. So before we dive in, I'm going to give you one more hilarious thought. Okay. So J. Jo- uh, we, we have J. Jonah Jameson as... All right. We have Toby Maguire as Anakin. And we have Padme played by SNL gangster rap Natalie Portman. <laughs> oh my god, you have to write that. <laughs> uh, like, I, like, I know it's out of your field, but you... You have to write that. And all I'm saying is, there's gonna be a lightsaber versus broken bottle fight at the end. We know that's happening. Parker, get a broken bottle! I can't do that, Jonah. <laughs> okay. Now that I'm we've had some levity... With so much lightning, Parker! <laughs> Now that we've had some levity, and before we go back to Obi-Wan, we're gonna get through the other mountain. And that other mountain is, we are not focusing on Hayden Christensen, we are focusing on Anakin in this movie. And there are two big things that happen. One is the love story, which we've already analyzed that this is what we think they were going for, this is why it didn't work. And the second one is his mother's death. Oh, and the point five one was the whole suppressing emotions thing, which I think we're just talking about throughout. So that's fine. So his mother's death. I have a few quick thoughts on this. And I know you have big thoughts on this. So if I say my quick thoughts, you can jump in, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Of okay. Course. So my quick thoughts are, I don't understand why she had to die that way it made absolutely no sense if we go back to new hope and everything that was said about sam people them abducting her made no sense them keeping her made no sense them torturing her again made no sense none of it made sense it had no purpose it wasn't going to get them more water or better survival it was just put in and it felt very much John Wayne versus the indigenous people. And it just made no sense at all to me. 
Um, I understand why it had to happen because they wanted to have that character development and they wanted to show what uncontrolled, unprocessed emotions do to Anakin and what he's capable of. And that hurt and pain definitely delivered with Padme, who is supposed to have this whole sympathy thing, savior thing towards Anakin, this realization that she's the only one who can help him, which is a very powerful thing to keep you in a relationship. It is not done healthily here at all. Um, it also furthers to inform why Anakin probably would have been a better character in the Clone Wars, because he feels a freedom in doing that. And that's a dangerous freedom when it's not controlled. And obviously Palpatine wants that freedom for him to be the ultimate enforcer. But at the end of the day, it serves no purpose because it doesn't make sense why the same people would have taken her in the first place. And I don't get it. And why is this here, Nathan? Why, however, why is it here? How, however, okay, just to, just to mail, they go to Tatooine to check up on Anakin's mother and uh, they run into Watto. Uh, Watto is one of the best characters in all of the prequel trilogy. I love Watto, and uh, this is the last time that he's here. Um, Watto uh, basically says to Anakin and Padme the whole story that he sold her um, to a lovely family that freed her. Um, a lovely family that bought her freed her, fell in love mm. with her, and married her. No problems there, right, people? No problems there. Hey, what do you want? It's Tatooine. We're on the off the rim. Republic credits are terrible. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so I, I want to say before we get to the actual death scene itself, number one, how you revealed Uncle Owen and Aunt Prue is probably the best way to do nostalgia. Do you hear me, Abrams? <laughs> we're gonna get there. Oh, I, we're gonna I, get there. I know, I know we're gonna get there. <laughs> but but it's just like you introduce them, they aren't integral to the story. There's no real character assassination that happens. They are there, they are establishing their life so that when you go into episode four, it actually makes sense why they're there, why they're running things. And just based on the fact that um, because Anakin's mother had died, they have the backstory there. They know how dangerous this planet is. You can see why they raised Luke that way. That is good context to put into the original trilogy. Good on you, Lucas. Way to go. Do you hear me, Abrams? Um, okay, fine. But you still haven't explained to me why they did it in the first place. There's so no for, motivation. So, so first of all, Anakin's mother went out to... I don't. I can't remember if it was mushrooms or wildflowers. What was she picking? She was... <laughs> It's a desert. She was and picking they, sand. She went out to pick sand. <laughs> okay, so Anakin's mother went out to pick sand. By the way, this isn't far off about actually happened in the movie. Um, <laughs> sand, the sand people kidnap her, beat her for, down, which is... For reasons. Yeah, for, for reasons. Now, to the, to the movie's credit, I will say, like... While in general I agree with you, it makes no sense. 
in episode four, Obi-Wan warded off the sand people from Luke because we don't we don't exactly know what they were going to do. We do know that the sand people can maul and we do know that the sand people will um, abduct or rob. We, we do know that. But um, to tie her up to a stake, to leave her near death, uh, to put her near a fire is something that seems a bit far. Gonna agree with you. It makes no sense. Like, they would do it out of... You know what? I can't actually say this because it goes into a series. So I can't... We we promised not to mention it. We mentioned Clone Wars. I'm not going to mention Book of Bubba Fett and stuff, but I'm just (laughs) saying... If they just held her hostage... That would have been fine. It's the torture, the rack, the fire, all of that stuff made no sense. I'll I'll give you that one. Although I will say um, for the longest time when um, Miri and I were talking in our Facebook chat, it was called the Book of Booba Fett. And I would I would really like to know at this point in time, just so that, you know, we can take a bit of a break before we get to Anakin Sand People Hoedown. Um, exactly what it means, what what the Book of Boba Fett is about. I've heard of the Book of Boba Fett, but Boba oh. Fett, I... <laughs> um, it's called autocorrect of my phone. That's the real reason. But the Book of Boba Fett, now... I bet I know what you're thinking. You want me to talk about boobs. It's not that kind of boob. It's about when you call a person a boob or a twit or a twat. Oh, so it's about Mace Windu. Exactly. There you go. Ah. ah. <laughs> so um, that's what it's okay. about. But. But. All right. But getting, so the getting one, back on topic, on point. The one good thing to come out of this is I do really enjoy Nathan's name for this scene in the movie. Okay, so um, first of all, I want to give a shout out to uh, Hayden Christensen and the actress who played um, his mother, whose name I completely forget, and I do apologize. But this is about the only time in the entire movie um, where Hayden Christensen actually gets to show genuine emotion. And it's completely in character yep. for Anakin. His his emotions are leaking out, and as you say, he doesn't know how to process them. Mm-hmm. What, like when she dies, it's like she's only holding on just to look at him. She sells it perfectly. Hayden Christensen plays it perfectly. It's one of the few things. What comes immediately after uh, his mother's tragic passing is Anakin Sand People Hoedown, where he goes kills into everyone. The- <laughs> Well, where, where he goes into the village that, you, you know what, on second thought, um, ladies and gentlemen, we have to pause for a brief commercial break. Um, we will be back. What? What? Yes. Yes. We, we actually have a, yes, we actually have a sponsor for oh, this all event. Right. Okay, then. Here we go. This episode of Star Wars Legacy of the Force is brought to you in part by Anakin Sand People Hoedown. Come on, listen to 12 songs on one easy-to-pirate holocron. Now, for a quick preview, here is Farmer Billy Ray. Come on, y'all, let's sing along. My arms, they done left me. He ripped them all to shreds. My head then done on left me. He then left me for death. 
That little rascal Annie, he left me dead and dumber Because I done a kidnapped him, his one and only mother Yes! Sing along! Je Jesus, can you believe how wonderful the, that Sand People Choir is? That hoedown just means so much. So anyway, after Anakin <laughs> lops off their arms and then um, leaves them all for like leaves them all for dead, ripping them to shreds. Um, we get again Anakin allowing himself to release a bit of rage in front of Padme and how much he loves sand and loves sand people and mowing them down like animals and how much he hated doing that. At least that's what I remember. Yeah, yeah. Like like I said, it's um they're trying to show uncontrolled emotions. They're trying to show he can't process. I think Padme recognizes this and she's trying to help him, um, which is something that you get a lot of in um, social work, particularly with rehabilitation programs from like criminals and stuff. So I do have to give like, you know, kind of shout out for those people because you're doing a job I could not do good on you. Um, but again, it lacks a certain amount of nuance. If if I didn't know the tropes that this these love story things are based on, I I wouldn't know what the hell they were trying to go for. I really wouldn't know. Um, and even with me knowing, I'm like, it's just so poorly executed. Like it just, haha, no pun intended um, at this point of the story. But. I think we have concluded our analysis of the love story, the Sand People hoedown, Anakin. Now, let's see what Obi-Wan's up to. And we get to meet, J is it Jenga or Jenga Fett? Oh, it's Django. Django Fett, uh, Bubba Fett, the clones, the, the really weird aliens with the space eyes who are impossibly skinny and look like they need food. Geonosians. Let's, let's hop over there to the 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 clones let's hop on over <laughs> anything to get the hell away from anakin and padme the, so from the that dune killed sea, the movie for me that killed the movie for me so from the dune sea we go to the sea <laughs> so so first of all let me let me just say um you want another Jedi or scum moment here's one uh since we're going back to obi-wan well he's trying to end up of uh, finding Camino uh, and attempting to, you know, figure out what the heck is going on. Because as we said earlier, he presses on the ground connection. He logically goes to the Jedi history archives. Where the librarian there is kind of a dick. Yeah, but that's, um, that's librarian trope. But no, 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 no. If it doesn't or, exist. Or she knew and she didn't want him digging. Yeah. Or, or, well, either way, I still count as a Jedi or scum moment. He is on an extremely important uh, diplomatic mission to attempt to ensure the safety of the free world. And her response is, if it doesn't exist in the history archives, it doesn't exist. Jedi or scum. You can just say three words. It will kill you. I don't know. But it would have worked. But so much the, the Jedi have clearly been established on this whole respect thing. And if you go into human history, 
that leads to downfall when you take this respect your elders thing too far. And I feel like that's what they were trying to show with the Jedi to be like their fall was inevitable I'm, because I'm it still, would not change. I'm still going to say the Jedi are scum. Like, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm no, not, no. I'm no, not looking I'm at the fall of the Jedi. If I wanted to look at the fall of the Jedi, be Mace Windu, let's be honest. I was um, just trying to like give them benefit of the doubt with the story. I still think it's poorly done and ridiculous. Oh. Nobody can see this, but I'm doing my exasperated arms. <laughs> um... Okay, and uh, Yoda teaching younglings will never not be endearing. Oh, that was fantastic. It is so cute. And I'm like, okay, so wait a minute. We already knew Yoda's wise, but Yoda's actually doing something. Yoda is training the next generation. Oh, hell, that's better than a lot of people not named Anakin and Obi-Wan and what they're doing. And no, he treats them with genuine care and respect. Unlike with Luke. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. Yeah, but I'll defend Yoda on that one. He gets on into his later years. Just decides he's he's been in, he's been in exile for a long time. Um. All right. So Whack him get, with the stick. come on. Why let's not? get to the planet. I want to get to the planet. Damn it. So then, um, Water World. Let's do this. Essentially, bitch. they essentially they find out that um, the planet Obi-Wan is searching for isn't on any known star system. So he goes to find it and we get to the so planet. He, so, he go, so he goes to find it and makes several fun pit stops along the way. I'm going to punch you. Let's get to the <laughs> damn planet. I, I'm excited about this. So upon, so upon questioning his love of Anakin and Padme, he goes to see them on Naboo and he gets a nice package of flowers for his trouble. Then he decides, oh God, that was awful. And he hits up 53 other bars. <laughs> and when he is done hitting up those 53 other bars, he goes to Coruscant yet again to tell Palpatine, okay, dude, dude, you have to go hit up these 53 other bars. Oh my I'm God. They don't okay, so we get states. there. We get there. And, and then this fa- name, is it Cypher Yes, I believe that's right. I believe and they discover right. that, like, what, 20 years ago, there was this order made? Yep. And there's... It's the clothes! Well, it's, it, the it's, clothes. it's the clothes! It's the clothes! All right. What, what I love about that entire scene is, okay, yep, so, um, you know, we, as we said, we've made um, several thousand of them um they're ready for deployment asap and um you know you you just have to wait another uh six or eight months and then we'll get you two hundred thousand more troops yes yes they're exactly the same um we've bred out all of the whole emotion thing they're just trained to be soldiers and uh yes they're definitely for the republic yeah like it's just Uh, but I love uh, the fact that Obi-Wan just, he's like, like yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm this person's representative. I totally know what you're talking uh, about. Like, he just goes with it. Uh, are you Master Tartarus? Um, of course. Well, that that's great. I'm not as you I love that they just go with it, too. Like, how much did, I'm assuming Palpatine Paid a did the shit order. ton. I'm a, I want to see how much this payment is just to have the genosis go oh yeah okay yeah. all right well um, well that's why i'm like we're in a plant we're like in a universe with high technology and stuff you're seriously telling me they they don't know what the dude looks like 
they don't do a biometric scan or anything like that. It's just like, oh yeah, we'll right? take your word for it. Like, oh, all right, there we go. Um, yeah, how much cash did you have to pay for? Let, and let, you know let, it was cash. It wasn't yeah, credit. Like, it yeah, was like, cash. Like what? Like what was the work order? Like Palpatine just goes. Hey, listen, I, I'm, I'm going to use a pseudonym, okay? All right. I'm, now, I may not look like me when I come to pick them up in 20 years. Um, just wh- whoever comes and picks them up, just just take their word for it. May not be me. I might be sending a representative. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know yet. Hello, Mister Rosazar. Mister for you. Not him. I'm not sending him. Um, I I have one point. Actually, can you imagine Jar Jar Binks leading all the clubs? No, no, no. Can you imagine Jar Jar Binks going in and being like, that's not my name at all. I'm Jar Jar. Like, (laughs) (laughs) oh, okay. Then let's just let you into the building. Like, like, could you imagine? Okay, so we get there, we continue with our mystery, our film noir mystery, and there's an escape scene. And it's fun. It's a fun escape scene. Well, the entire buildup of it is fun, too. Like, he he goes, um, he gets the whole story of the original clone, Django, and uh, what Django wanted for payments. Like, of course, they're feeding him and clothing him and, you know, making sure that neither he or little Boba go hungry. Um, but <laughs> but Django only wanted one un- unaltered clone for himself. And I, he I, wanted, I wanted a him- son. He wanted a child. I want I wanted a child, one that was exactly like me at that age, because I remember I was a pretty damn good kid. Hey, you know something though? You don't know he could be infertile. And who are you to judge his body and how he chooses to have a child? Hey, 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 who are you for implying I'm judging his body? I'm just saying. And on that note, chase scene! <laughs> So naturally, Obi Wan gets suspicious when, you know, um, an assassin Boba gets an order to quickly shut a door that leads to all the assassin gear. Yeah, and the assassin yeah. saying that he must take his leave, and the assassin quickly escaping. Um, well, can we talk about I'm just a man trying to make my way in the universe? Like it's just oh, please. It's such a please good, do for all the lack of stuff in the writing that was beautiful and it was beautifully delivered it you definitely got that film noir western nostalgic feel um because ewan mcgregor is more used to things now and he gets to be arrogant fun obi-wan the contrast between him and the stoic um assassin is just perfect so it's i'm just a man trying to make my way in the universe it's just so perfect so amazingly perfect that moment i also want to give a shout out to when they do the chase scene to the ships shout out to the foley work because that squeaking of um the boots on the roof and it not gripping onto the roof in the rain was a very nice touch i thought i thought that was very nice and that that's me nerding out about the foley (laughs) i can't blame you yeah, it was such a good, it was such good work. 
Like, shout out to the Foley work in that. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to call it now. I'm going to call it now as we rush to the last planet that I don't remember the name of. Um, oh, that's overall, Genosis. Thank you. Overall, it is better than Phantom. There's more fun stuff going on. There's more character development going on. I wanted more of that. Overall, there's a bit too much reliance on the CGI. Um, and But it's aged a lot better than Phantoms. It's aged better. I am going to say that as much as I like the animation of the clones and of Yoda, it would have been better had they done everybody animated or did practical because the, the it's a very stark contrast between the two, especially when you have a clone that's all CGI right up against a real person. So, uh, so what you're saying is you want one race, one voice. No, I'm saying either do it practical right, with CGI enhance or just make it all animation. That's what so, I'm saying. So you're saying one voice, one medium. You want a dictatorship. Oh my God, you and your What a surprise! The witch wants to be That you know what? You know what? That's fine. That's fine. May, may, um, you know what? Let's be honest here. That makes the most sense of everything we've spoken about in the movie. No. But by the by the way, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Though this is just a level of why, uh, let's say, a certain Jedi should be expelled before we go any further. Um, so before, like just after Obi has left and Annie's left, um, there's a scene between uh, Mace Windu and Yoda. Um, Windu um, suggests that in this time of the massive craziness of the Republic, to tell the Chancellor that their ability, that the Jedi's ability to use the Force has diminished. And Yoda should have expelled him right there. I'm sorry, this is a Mace Windu should have been expelled moment. Um, Yoda rightly does the Jedi equivalent of bitch please. It needs to be mentioned because this is how bad one of your war generals is going into Genosis and the super fun Clone War. I'd, al I'd also like to be remiss if I didn't say, um, before we go on to Geonosis, just in case we forget, shout out to Christopher Lee and Ian McDermott, because when you get to Geonosia and you watch particularly these two interact both in their scenes on Naboo and in Geonosia whatsoever, it's just so much fun. It's a lot of fun. And oh, they're chewing the scenery Lee the entire is time. And Christopher Lee, like he even got a um, his lightsaber has a has a curve to it, a bend to it, so it's a bit more like a fencing stance that he has to take with it. And apparently, it's because he wanted a more elegant style, and that just seems so like, you know what? Oh, that makes so much sense for Christopher Lee. It does. It really does. But yeah, no, I was going to mention him chewing scenery when we got to a certain uh, Sith versus Jedi fight at the end. Well, no, I want to I want to say him chewing scenery before we get to that fight. OK, fine. because when o when Obi's captured on Genosis. Oh, yeah. No, he's just chewing scenery. Oh, it's great. It's great. M meanwhile, all he's doing is saying, hey, buddy, join buddy. me. Buddy, well, why don't you join me? I know the person you're in for is evil anyway. 
What what I like is um there's hey. it's such an elegant version of like hey hey I got some watches for you over here. You want to buy a watch? But oh, the, like from him it's like totally elegant. It's uh he he show he showed up, knocked it out of the park that day and then went home. Like that's that's what Christopher Lee did. Um what was I going to say? I, I have one gripe with the Cheetosis, by the way. Okay, what's a gripe? Anakin and Padme show up. Yes. And they go through this whole thing with the droid assembly line fight scene for no discernible reason at all. It made no sense. You had to break no Anakin's sense. arm. You had to break Anakin's arm. It made no sense. It made no sense. There was no it reason was for a, it to be it there. It was a cool scene and the CG. No, it wasn't. It had no purpose at all. It was a it was a cool scene. The CG made it age badly, but then again, you wanted like an all CG movie apparently because oh you know if they God. went animation. So so this what no what, what this is actually saying is this is no Miri's favorite scene in the movie. I hate um, you. by a, by I hate a country you. mile. And the only thing she hates about it is the only thing that most people like about it, and that's R2-D2 saving the day. R2-D2 always saves the day. That's just how it is. Well, um, see, exactly. And now you're dismissing him. And it's just, it hurts me. Oh, my God. As a, I'm as trying to get through this fucking movie. And it's Whoa. like, this is a long slog, man. We haven't even gotten to the, there's a big fight scene where the choreography makes no sense between the Jedi and the droids. Uh, they just are not following And it's the one tactics. scene Mace Windu actually gets to, you know, do something. And we find out he's a terrible general. Like, Kenobi's better and Anakin's better and... Yeah, and then um, what else was there? Oh, yeah. The big fight scene. The one between Yoda and Christopher Lee. This is, this is the moment we have all been waiting for. This and is, it's awesome! I wanted... I Can I do a comedic shout-out? Yes. So the building where it takes place, they throw... They yank stuff off the walls, throw it at each other, drop a ceiling, all this stuff. Shout out to whoever made that building because so many structural components are compromised in that battle and it never falls down. It's the force, man. Let it flow through you, man. That that building is the real MVP of that fight. It was like, I'm going to stay standing. I'll give you that one. Oh my God, I'll give you that one. Right. Take it away. Tell okay, us about so, this fight. So, for, so first of all, as a kid, like the like the thing we were given above all else was Yoda's gonna fight in this movie. That's the whole reason you have to see it. Yoda's gonna fight in this movie. Um, and as uh, Miri has said, it has gone off the rails. Um, right from the start, Dooku's using his force. Uh, Yoda's using his force to put everything back. Um, and then you get to the point of the movie where you get to see just how good the CG actually is. And that is, um, Christopher Lee. I see our battle will not be solved by our knowledge of the force, but by our proficiency with a lightsaber. 
And then, and then Yoda gets out his little green lightsaber and Yoda goes ham. He's jumping all around and whack and trying to whack Dooku everywhere. It, it is it is an awesome scene to try to see. This is Yoda's fighting style after after like 30 years of waiting. This is Yoda's fighting style. And it's awesome. He's jumping all around. He's doing so much animation, so much CG went to this one scene, so much budget. And you can tell because he's flipping around and smashing things with his lightsaber. It's, oh, I can't do it justice. Go find it online. Seriously, go find the scene online if you haven't seen it. It is a marvel of CG and uh, reality. And I'm so glad Christopher Lee was the one who gets to fight him. Uh, honestly, I feel like this scene is your equivalent of... Um... Oh, what's his name? He, shit. Uh, he was in. Um, I feel that this scene is your equivalent of uh, the Muppet Christmas Carol, with um, what's his name, <laughs> surrounded by Muppets. <laughs> like okay. just the way you're describing it, I'm just like this. So feels like this is your version of that movie, like this yes. moment. Yes, yes. I am Ebenezer Scrooge, and you're the Muppet. Yep. Of course, of course, that's how it works. Oh, um, shout out to Frank Oz. Yes, shout out to Frank Oz. Believe it or not, he did not puppeteer this scene. But imagine if he did. I know. Fuck, can that you imagine awesome. the, can, can you imagine the wire work on the puppet? It would have been great. It would have been so cool. Oh, but anyway, um, the only reason that Yoda fights to a stalemate and Dooku escapes is because Dooku cheats. Yes. I'm, I'm sorry. Hey, look, I'm going to kill your friends. You can either fight me or, you know, save your friends, dear Jedi. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's your Jedi order now? Huh? 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 And so and then... And, Yo and Yoda, because he's not like Mace Windu, who is a... <laughs> Sa saves all the saves all the protagonists. Oh. And, um, you know, unlike how I would do the movie where Yoda would force push uh, Mace Windu into Count Dooku's lightsaber, um, you know, Dooku escapes. He's a, he's off on the run. Um, the clones for the Republic arrive. It is a huge battle. Um, as Miri says, and is quite right, the choreo, the choreo makes no sense. Yeah, no. Um, the Jedi have no tactics at all, and it's just wing it, wing it, wing it. Hey, look, there's Padme. Oh my God. Oh, I, almost... I, have, I have one thing to say. Um, gratuitous midriff for no reason at all. Let's go, gratuitous midriff. Yeah. Oh wait, that's you say that's a bad thing. Um. Okay. I there there was just I was just like really really we're it's doing Star Wars. 19, you need a gratuitous midriff scene. 1960s Captain Kirk shirt off for no reason. That's what this you was need gratuitous midriff. Would you rather the gratuitous midriff scene or Slave Leia? I know which one I want. And I'm pretty sure yours is the opposite. I don't want either because they both contributed to my eating disorder, but that's a story for another time. Um, what I will say, though, is 
this is the beginning. So the end of this movie is the beginning of the Clone Wars. And there is one little shout out I want to give for the wedding scene. Firstly, awesome that there was no words in it. That was good. Yes. Let John Williams do his thing. Um, Secondly. Padme, shut up, shut up, shut up. Yep, nope, Love just, the music swell. Just let. Da, let da, 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 da. I, just I kind of think. I like I'm not going to lie. I kind of think all of those scenes would have been better just letting the actors emote and letting the music do the talking. It might have been better. But, but then you don't like sand. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, we keep that. We keep that. It's essential. Everything else we can lose, though. Um, Sand! It's everywhere! Get used to it. Shout out to the costume designers once again, because while Padme's wedding dress looks simple, you get one close-up shot on it. That thing is hand-beaded to hell and back. It takes hundreds of hours to do that. A shit ton of work went into just the headpiece alone. Holy fuck! is that like expensive and impressive. And I know because I've tried to do that and it drives me fucking insane. There are people who can do it and find peace and happiness in their life. I am not one of them. So, so I don't that, know that was probably Natalie. the best part of that scene for me. Cause I was just like, do you know how many hundreds of hours went into that thing? All, all right, all right, all right. So ba- basically what you're saying is, um, you could have Anakin replaced with a wooden stick and you could have that dress on a hanger, have the music swell and it would be the same effect. No, no, no. Let's let's go full force with this Muppets thing. We're going to get Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy here. Like, ah, thank you. And, and point, other point, Frank Oz originally played yeah. Miss Piggy, so it works. You had him there already. I, I, I could ju- I could just imagine that scene with dialogue. Oh, Piggy, I've always loved sand. Shut up, Kirby! And kiss me! Kiss me, you fool! Our Piggy, aren't I the one that was pursuing you all movie? Cat a frog! I've been waiting for this for years! <laughs> oh, still a better love story ah, than um, <laughs> Okay. So. We've gotten to the end. Do you know what time it is? Yes, it is. It is time for the one, the only. Mary's crazy fan theories that make no sense, but everybody loves. Yay! All right. This is a long one, Nathan. So you might have to take notes. Keep your thoughts for the end, okay? Okay, okay. Mace Windu. Sorry. So here we go. So it seems like they're trying to go for folly, that he's taking all the folly of the Jedi and putting it into one character, which is Mace Window. Now, let's roll with this idea, shall we? Okay. My my crazy idea. Mace Window does not die at the end of three. He goes into hiding forever, regretting what he has done. He knows Palpatine is not dead. He knows that Palpatine will need to use his own bloodline. Mace has a daughter, but the baby is born with uncontrollable power, killing her mother. Mace raises her for a time until he can place a block on her power, leaves her, 
explains her, this would explain her sudden force ability that she has no control over. Movie nine happens. Kylo and Rey are in dire straits. Then bam, surprise motherfucker, Mace Windu shows up. He's Rey's father. Guess who her mother was? Palpatine's granddaughter. That's right, Mace Windu had the child purposefully with Palpatine's bloodline to bring Palpatine out of hiding. Why? For this moment, because bam, motherfucker, he redeems himself by destroying Palpatine and all of his followers, thus making everything make no sense and Rey and Kylo can have a wonderful um, existential crisis about the meaning of life and the meaning of their being. Makes no sense, but imagine how out of left field that would have been in movie nine. So I've got a question for you and just hear me out on this. Rey is Palpatine's granddaughter. How would Mace Windu, because you said, you know, Mace Windu has Oh no, he has sex with his daughter. There we go. So Ah, Mace has sex with Palpatine's daughter and then has Rey as Palpatine's granddaughter, but also Mace's own daughter. I don't like it. But that's because... But how out of left field would that have been? Oh, it would be out of left field. It would make Nina a heck of a lot better. I want your reaction, not in terms of it making sense, in terms of the what the fuck at the end of nine, because realize this reveal would not happen until the last 15 minutes of nine. (laughs) Now tell me your reaction. It'd be heck of a lot better than, ooh, magic grandpa. You are not going to give me this theory, are you? No, no, no. <laughs> Why? It's so good. Mace Windu does not deserve redemption. I am of the belief that had Anakin wanted to, he could have begged Yoda for forgiveness and Yoda would have said, eh, done, no harm was. Uh, honestly, if you're going for folly, I kind of get that. But at least with folly, some people have some moments of logic telling your enemy that, oh, by the way, I'm super weak. I'm is upset not with a you. Good idea. I'm upset with you. I thought for sure you would be entertained and you are not. I'm not going to roll with this theory. I am not doing it. Mace Winter does not deserve it. Does not deserve redemption. I will say it's better than, oh, Magic Grandpa. (laughs) Hey, Ray. My grandfather is Darth Vader. My grandfather is Samuel L. Jackson. (laughs) Not him. Oh, my God. I I will finish the job this time. Oh my god. Man, there's snakes on a plane? (laughs) Snakes on a plane. All right. So that concludes our retrospective. So I am going to say I found this better than one. Yes. So, but who knows? Because we've got three to watch. So maybe the rankings will change. Three is going to be a lot better. Three is going to be a lot better than this. And by the end of this whole journey, we are really hoping that our first and last places do not change. Because oh God! That's gonna oh be... my God! The, 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 that will be that will be hell on earth. 
That would be, be hell on earth. Um, I do agree with you. Two is better than one. Um, I remember one being a lot more boring, but that's because I've tried to repress all the terrible things about two and um, at the expense of all the ties, because you are right. The chase scene is really good. Any like the Obi-Wan investigation is really good. The Yoda Dooku fight is life. Okay, that's the one thing I can remember. Like when when I sat down to do all my um, like latent thoughts, having not seen this movie in years, the Yoda Dooku fight is the one thing that I can remember from it. And the character stuff is good. Anakin Obi is good. Um, Yoda bitch slapping Mace Windu is life. He didn't actually do it, but he totally did. And I swear to God, he needed to do it more. He needed to put Mace Windu in his place a lot more. I don't care why Samuel L. Jackson is there. Mace Windu is a terrible character. And... I'm Everything sure I, makes sense am, when you think Sam Jackson just showed up on set that day. I am, <laughs> I am pretty sure. I am pretty sure. A, the only reason I liked Mace Windu as a kid was because of the purple lightsaber and the fact that it was Samuel L. Jackson. Um, but Mace Windu in himself is a terrible character, a pathetic excuse for a Jedi. And one of the worst things to come out of the prequel trilogy. And as we said, the animation is really good. The CG holds up. Yoda as CG is just an amazing thing. But then you get to the love story, which really weighs this entire movie down. And had this movie had had kept the tone of the chase and the assassination and the Obi-Wan investigation throughout. I think it would have been a lot better. Also, we totally forgot to mention in the plot things that, yeah, um, the one thing that Jar Jar Binks does in this entire movie, after being a representative appointed by Padme, which is her dumbest decision, and that includes marrying Anakin, by the way, um, Jar Jar votes to give emergency power to the Chancellor, who the Jedi rightly assume will never give it up in the history of anything. So congratulations, Jar Jar. If you were a Sith Lord, you did your job. If you weren't a Sith Lord, you're an idiot. Wow. All right. So that concludes this this episode of our wonderful trip down retrospective lane. Is there anything you want to say to the people before we move on to three? Absolutely. So remember, the witch likes the Sith. So this will be oh, fucking uh, hell. <laughs> the, the, like next episode tune into it honestly because I'm sure she's just going to have a uh, I, I can imagine as soon as Palpatine like takes Anakin under his wing fully and he becomes Darth Vader she's just going to go oh my god <laughs> this ship will take over Oh my god. I, I've been waiting for this moment for three movies. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. And on, <laughs> and on that note, bye bye, everybody. Yeah.
Uh, thank you so much for uh, watching, listening, inviting us into your homes. Uh, you can find us at www.deathpixie.ca if you want to talk to me about voiceover opportunities. Commission me for one of your own. Talk to us at www.deathpixie.ca. You can also find uh, Miri's work on the Clam Jammers podcast and all of uh, our uh YouTube, Vimeo, etc. links. If you want to talk to Miri about her uh, lovely style of writing, I'm sure that's on Reddit somewhere. I don't know exactly where it is. Um, I just voiced the people that she's like, hey, you want to be funny and stupid? Hell yeah! Um, but in all honesty, um, if you want to find more of me, you can find me on Final Cut Presents, the Director's Cut podcast, and on Body Slimes and Dropkicks. Check them out. They're real good guys. Not as good as me. But, you know, uh, thank you so much, everybody. <laughs>